Yes, today, um, once again, we're joined by Boston Celtics reporter, analyst, Mark Diamica. Mark, what's going on? Man, happy to be here, John. Anytime I come on NBA panel, you know, it's, it's a good day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Always, <laughs> a, always a pleasure to keep um, catching, up, catching up with you, man. You had a um, busy season and a busy offseason already. There's no question about that. A finals run. Uh, let's yeah. just say that the offseason doesn't feel very long when the team makes it to the finals. And then right after the finals, add two pretty darn good players within the next two or three weeks afterwards. So, yeah, it's been busy. Um, the Celtics are stocking up, though, man. Adding Malcolm Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari to this group is is pretty impressive. And I feel like if those guys were on the team this year healthy, um, I, I don't see the team losing that seven-game series against the Warriors in the finals. Definitely. Two great acquisitions and losing any of the core pieces, which is huge, which is very huge. I've been always been high on Gallo. I had him on NBA panel like maybe a couple of weeks ago. Great conversation. I remember him from his Denver days, never um New York days. Um he's a great he's a walking bucket. As long as he's healthy, he's average he's averaging fifteen for his career, but he can give you twenty a game with no problem at all. Yeah, I mean he is the elite shooter um yeah. at at about seven feet, by the way, um, yes, that the yes. Celtics really were missing, right? Like, just right. they needed that extra shooter. Um, they were hoping that Derek White would find the rhythm, and he did for a few games. Yeah. Um, but but now having that extra body that can come off the bench and right. shoot about forty percent. I mean, you can chalk like write it in in stone. He's going to shoot about forty percent from three point range, no matter how many three pointers he takes next season. So, right. um, adding that guy to the mix. Um, someone who can post up. He's a much better post-up player um, than a lot of people realize. And he actually gets to the free throw line at a pretty good rate. He always has for his entire career, and he shoots it at 90% from the free throw line. So, um, yeah, adding a lot to the offense by adding Danilo, Danilo Gallinari to the mix, no question. Definitely. And he's, and he's, and he's seasoned also, as you just alluded to. I mean, he has been in some pressure situations and he can handle the pressure to still get back to that playoff run next year. Definitely. For sure. Yep, no question. He's going to be a great piece to add to the team. Definitely. And Brogdon, for that point guard help, also a 50 foot per game average score. He's going to be also a big help also. Yeah, I mean, with him, um, and it's funny, I texted um, someone back, I, I put it out on my Twitter account, I texted someone back in 2020 and I said, man, Malcolm Brogdon would be perfect for this team. And the, the reason why I said that then <laughs> right, right. is because he's a knockdown shooter. I mean, he's a guy who's had a 50-40-90 season. He's always been a good shooter. And his numbers dipped a little bit when he was in Indiana. He was the guy, right? The, it was him and Sabonis. And so he was right. the primary um, shot creator for that team. Now that he's playing uh, alongside guys like Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, like these guys are going to create quality looks for him. And I'm confident that those shooting percentages are going to bump back up. But he also adds an element of playmaking. Um, he, you know, he, he can be a true point guard when he wants to be and needs to be. And then versatility defensively. I mean, it's just another weapon um, that has been, I mean, he's, he's garnered all defensive team votes in his career. He's just another guy that you can add to that already fantastic in elite defense another guy that can come in and guard up to four positions no questions asked right. uh, and so you, you think about adding a guy um at his level to the team that just got within two wins of the finals it's scary 
Yes, yes, and both of these pieces that were added to express off of this from Tatum and Jalen Brown, you can't you can't double nobody on the floor, especially now with those with those add those two in, you can't double team anybody, and that's going to exactly. be like pick pick your poison. Defense is going to be on the hills all game. No question, and the Celtics are set up now to play some serious small ball. That's the one thing that Brad Stevens talked about uh, <clears throat> at the introductory press conference um, with Danilo Gallinari and, and Malcolm Brogdon is that. They are set up now. They did not feel like they were set up at a high level to play small ball in the postseason. I think that's right. one thing that they, they just couldn't match up uh, to the level that they wanted to with the Warriors when the Warriors went small. Right. But now, I mean, Gallo could hypothetically play center, be a 40% knockdown shooter from three-point range, and then you throw Smart, Brogdon, Brown, and Tatum in at the other four spots, all of them can switch defensively yeah. on any of the other four positions. And so right. um, you've really got some versatility and the ability to play small ball, which is something that, like I said, the team just didn't have a lot of um, this past season. And by the way, with these additions, the biggest thing in my mind, and this has been highlighted quite a bit since these signings became official, but they were able to add these two players who are seasoned veterans, you know what you're going to get out of them right. without taking away a single part of that rotation that got to the finals last year. So that, that to me, is the biggest win for Brad Stevens. Definitely. That Celtics run, the finals run, it was personal in itself. For you, how was it covering that? And give us your takeaway from that finals. I think the biggest takeaway, there's no more victories, but that's great experience for that young core. And that oh makes them hung, hungry to get back. No, no doubt. I mean – Listen, I'll start out with the team because uh, okay. that's what matters most, right? right but right. They, they had been knocking on that door for so long. We all heard, oh, Celtics have been to the Eastern Conference Finals three out of the last four years going into last season. It was just rinse and repeat, right? right. You need to break through that wall. And finally they broke through that wall. And I think when you're around the NBA Finals, and this was the second one that I was around, you really get to realize, how big of, of, of a deal it is. It, it is completely different than right. what you experience in the first three rounds of the playoffs with the amount of attention, the amount of media responsibility that you have every single day. Right. Um, and then just how important every single possession is. And it's only you and one other team playing. So yes. now that um, this young Celtics team got a taste of that, I think now they recognize and, and probably are reflecting on it right now as we speak that right. – you, you've really got to value every single possession, and you can't give away a possession unless your team is just incredibly uh, just much higher on the bar in terms of overall talent than right. the opposition. I mean, when when the Warriors uh, were loaded with, with Clay, um, Steph, Draymond, and KD, like there's no team that's really on their level from a talent perspective, so they could afford to make some mistakes at that time. Right? right, but when you're the Celtics and you're playing against a team that is generally on par with you from a talent perspective, it's pretty close. Right, um, you just can't give the ball away. You can't make those mistakes, and you definitely can't do that on a consistent basis. And that's what bit the Celtics in the butt. Uh, but I think having that experience now, like you said, it's going to fuel them moving forward. Right, it gives them an opportunity um, to come back and try to, you know, finish some unfinished business from last season and. We'll see where that goes. But you also asked about my experience. I mean, working the NBA Finals is a dream come true. I know any person who wants to get into this 
that's what they want to do. They want to work yeah. the NBA finals and you walk yeah. into the building and it just feels different. And they've got ice sculptures of both teams logos waiting for you to look wow. at and take pictures in front of when you walk into the arena. Right. Uh, it's just, it, it really is a dream come true. I, I had to pinch myself a few times um, just being back there because um, I hadn't right. been there since 2010. And right. uh, man, if, if anyone gets the opportunity, soak it up because you never know when it's going to happen again. Yes, and that's a that's a great point. I know we've all heard this, heard this all before, but you can't take any season for granted. And the Celtics know how hard it is to get back and to get there. So, like I said, that experience is definitely going to pay off when they get to those tough games in the playoffs. Now they also know if every regular season game counts also, even the first one, that first game come back into the season, that could be between a three-seed or two-seed, especially the way the East is loaded up now. Hey, East you know, whole that, that happened this year. <laughs> yes. That happened this year, right? Like the Celtics <laughs> played their guys in the final game of the season, final couple games of the season. Right. The Bucks did not. The Celtics got home court advantage, and they yeah. took home game seven against the Bucks in round two. So yeah. it matters. It matters, no question. Definitely. Um, Jason Tatum's growth, um, in your opinion, how has he grown since you've been covering the team he's been on there? I mean, oh he showed God. off in the regular season. He saw from, I can't say he fell off in the, in, the, in the postseason, but he wasn't himself completely. He was like flashes of himself here and there. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, – Generally speaking, throughout the playoffs, he was awesome. I mean, right. he, he had one of the best games that I've witnessed in person ever in game six against the Bucks. I mean, that, that was to keep the season alive, and he right. just played at an incredibly high level. And when they got to the finals, uh, it looked to me like he just ran out of juice a little bit. His battery was running on low, and right. sometimes that happens. I mean, obviously he's young, but he right. had basically been playing for – Gosh, I don't even know how many months straight because he played all of last season. Then he went straight into the um, playing for Team USA, right. came back, and the, the and the NBA season was starting. So it just looked to me like he ran out of gas a little bit. Um, but his improvements, I mean, since he came into the league, shot selection is huge. Um, ability to attack the basket and having the mindset to do so on a consistent basis is huge. Um, his shot has improved. His shot creation has improved. And then the thing that everyone who watches the Celtics on a consistent basis knows uh, that maybe some other um, NBA fans might not is that he really is a fantastic playmaker for others. He, he has right. grown in that area at such a high rate over the last two seasons, and he's only going to continue to get better from that point. Um, right. he, he really knows how to make plays for others and read a defense because now at this point in, in his career, he's pretty much seen – and felt every type of defense that a, an opponent can throw at him. So yes. um, he's going to continue to improve. I, I would like to see um, two more things out of him next season. One is continue to attack the basket at a higher rate. Don't settle um, because I know he can get there and finish strong. Right. That he's got to finish strong. But then the other thing is all throughout his career, he's had a tendency to kind of come out of the gates a little bit slow over the first month or two of the season. And then he bounces back and he's like red hot for the, for the final three or four months of the season. But right. it would be nice um, to, to see him come out of the gates and play an entire season at an extremely high level. Right. I think that's one of the reasons, and there were many reasons, but just one of the reasons why um, the Celtics kind of came out of the gates, not playing so great last year. They right. kind of turned that corner in January. Um, yeah. 
he did as well. But, yeah, it would be nice to see him come out red hot from the gates and carry through a whole season. Right. As I'm sure you know, um, in January, no one had the Celtics going to the finals. I said maybe you, <laughs> but the way they were Except playing. Except for him, maybe. Maybe Tatum had him. <laughs> and Jalen. Right. Definitely. Also, another player that stepped up in the postseason, Al Horford. Talk about turning back the clock. Oh, I my mean, gosh. He, he went to work. Him and I mean, Tuck, I tell you. Him and P.J. Tucker would have a, a corner three-point shooting contest the way he, the way he yep. did it off. It was crazy. Yep. And then that driving dunk on uh, on Giannis during the, the yes. conference semifinals. But, yeah, I mean, I was so happy for him. I mean, he was basically in NBA purgatory for a year out there in Oklahoma City. He wasn't right. playing because him and the organization agreed that he would kind of just work on his body prepare for the next year. Uh, But then he gets this opportunity, and he comes back to Boston. Not only does he play well, but he starts and really plays a critical role in the Celtics getting to the NBA Finals. I was just so happy for him. Uh, And it's funny. When the Celtics acquired him, there was so much talk about his contract and that the Celtics, oh, they'd be able to get off of X amount of money or be able to use uh, the expiring contract. contract as a a piece to acquire someone else well there's no talk about that anymore the only talk is about the fact that al horford is entrenched as a starter for the boston celtics at 36 years old so props to him for taking care of his body playing at a high level um he's been a true professional since the second he walked into the nba you know he's going to be that until the day that he leaves it um and man I, i was so excited for him listen if the celtics won the championship that performance that he had against Milwaukee during round two would have been yeah. an all-time great Celtics game because they only won the game because of him. They yeah. would not have had a chance without the way that he played. So, um, you know, props to him. Just an unbelievable season for him. Definitely. Um, so what does Emmanuel um, Dukel have done? I mean, the team obviously gratifies to him. I mean, they believe in him, and he's leading the team in the right direction. And the defensive schemes he drew up, their, their defense to the playoffs was amazing, as it was all year. Yeah, for sure. He got everyone to buy in from day one, and, and that's what stood out to me. Um, he, it, he had been lauded when he got hired by the team as this authentic coach and personality who connects with players. Yeah. And he lived up to that uh, to the nth degree. I mean, from day one, as I just said, of, of training camp, he had every single player buying into their role, buying into um, the defensive and offensive schemes. And that, yeah, obviously that didn't turn into wins in the, at the beginning of the season. But that was because players were adjusting to those roles. They were adjusting um, right. to the schemes. And then once it all clicked, I mean, the team just took off. Um, right. So, you know, I can't say enough good words about who Ime Udoka is as a coach, um, as a person, uh, with my interactions with him, and there's been quite a few of them. He's just an unbelievable person. Um, he cares. Like, he'll, he'll stop me in the hallway and ask how things are going with me, and he'll really mean it. Um, right. It's not just a show. Um, and so authentic to the core, um, connects with everyone who's around him, and uh, I, I'm pretty certain that anyone who's added to the team and is coming in for their first year playing under him next next season, right. they're going to buy into everything that he's preaching because there's no other way. Brad Stevens came in and made his impact immediately as a coach, and I moved to management. Um, talk about Brad Stevens for a minute and his continuous impact on the franchise. 
Yeah, I mean, has he taken a swing and missed so far since he took over as president of basketball operations? I mean, every single decision that he has made has worked out and benefited the Boston Celtics. That's a that's a pretty good run for a first year plus that he has he's been in charge of the uh the basketball operations of the franchise. But I think he's having a lot of fun. The one thing that I can hear in his voice, uh, and if, if anyone out here, not a self-plug, but if you want to go listen to our View from the Raptors podcast, we had an episode with him toward the end of the season. And you can just hear in his voice, there's more energy there. Um, right. It doesn't seem like he's quite as drained as he was when he was a day-to-day head coach. And, I mean, he's up every single night thinking about, you know, how do how do I make it so we don't miss that last shot? How do we how do I scheme so that we can get that last stop? He doesn't have to do that anymore, and I think that's really given him some energy. It's given him some opportunity to be around his family a little bit more, travel a little bit less. Right. Uh, so I, I really think he's enjoying this role, and not only is he enjoying it, but he is excelling in it. Uh, one of the best, if not the best, in the NBA over the last twelve or thirteen months since he took over. Like I said. He has not swung at a ball and missed. He has hit every single one out yeah. of the park, and, and that's tough to do over the course of 12, 13 months. Definitely, definitely. Marcus Smart, um, I consider him to be to the Celtics where Draymond Green is to the Golden State Warriors. He plays mm-hmm. that blue guy that does those things that, need, that you need to win, the toughness of the team. Yeah, and he's always been willing to do it. Uh, and I think I, I love the fact that now it's on a national stage and yeah. everyone is recognizing uh, just how much he means to the success of this franchise and to this team. I mean, his teammates believe in him um, offensively. He's he's a playmaker who uh, has historically uh, had one of the better assist-to-turnover ratios among active players in the league. Uh, he makes good decisions you know he's always going to be there defensively. He's going to play through injuries. He's always available. Wow. Um, not, not enough good things that we can say about Marcus Smart. Um, and it's just so gratifying to see him get that Defensive Player of the Year award this season and then get to be able to play on an NBA final stage. It just, it just feels like, you know, after seven years of his career, you know, finally – He's getting that recognition on a national stage, and um, it was overdue. Definitely. With these acquisitions and the core is still intact, I know Southern's going to have a great season upcoming and a great training camp ahead. Definitely. We're looking forward to it. No question about that. It's coming in hot and heavy, man. There's only a couple months till right. training starts. Yes, definitely. That's what the NBA. I love it. I love the NBA, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it never stops. Yes, yes. Mark, always a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for joining me again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. No doubt. Appreciate you getting me on, John. Appreciate it, man. Yes. Enjoy your day. Awesome. All right. You too. Sure. All right. See you. Yes, that was Boston Celtics reporter and analyst Mark D'Amico. Always a pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time.